of these broke people need to take a nap. All right. I mean, we got we have some good candidates out there. We lost some 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 close races, and we got to get back up and win these two races in Georgia. Some of the things they were hearing from some of the more extreme elements of, of the Democratic Party, and I don't think that was helpful. That is one of the most important strategists in the Democratic Party for several decades, but his time may be past. Saying some of these woke people need to take a nap. That's uh. James Carville, and he might be out of step with where the Democratic Party is going. I don't know. I think he's absolutely right, though. And we'll talk about that later. There is a war going on in the Democratic Party that dwarfs any sort of conflict with the Republicans right now, which gets so much coverage. But uh, speaking of the woke, just real quickly, uh, Positive Sean passed this on to us, I believe, uh, from the Department of Strange Bedfellows. Uh, this uh, Hannah Nicole Hannah-Jones, who perpetrated the uh, partly valuable and partly completely fraudulent 1619 Project tweeted the other day, there's no evidence that schools are spreaders when there is social distancing and PPE, masks. In fact, evidence is to the contrary. So the great liberal race baiter is saying, open the schools for God's Why sake. Why are you reputation laundering? <laughs> That's right. If you say something good about somebody you dislike, even if it's true, you're reputation laundering, according to the New York Times. Uh, somebody responded to her, I go to a four-year university where the kids are still partying, then going home to see if their families the next weekend. If 18-plus-year-olds can't social distance, what do you think six-year-olds are doing? And this uh, Hannah Jones lady writes back, You think six-year-olds are having parties? <laughs> she writes back, Six-year-olds are wearing masks and following directions. I happen to be a journalist and also have a child in elementary school. Six-year-olds are not having keggers. Right. And six-year-olds do what you damn well tell them, mostly, until um, your back is turned. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So you find bedroom. the candy wrappers in their bed. So the 1619 crank is out and proud saying, open the schools. Well, she's right. Because she's a parent. She's wrong about the history of this country. She's mm-hmm. right about that. Right. Speaking of health news. Thought that I don't proselytize about eating. I don't. I have no desire to tell you what diet I'm on or whatever. What diet are you on? I'm low carbing it. It's it's uh, inverted paleo. I only eat dead animals. I'll tell you this. So know. we've been we've been gluten free for months to try to help my son's health, and we're not sure if it's doing anything or not. So we tried adding gluten back in over the weekend. Yeah. So I ate, like, hamburgers and hot dogs with buns for the first time in months. So that was a carb thing, really, more than a gluten thing. Yeah. I exploded in weight. Really? Yeah. For oh. eating carbs, really, for the first time in months. Oh, yeah, your body's screaming, store this, store this. I guess. I guess. It was weird. I don't know. But like I say, I don't lecture people. I don't care. Eat whatever you want. You know. Who knew buns were the devil? Man, it was good eating a burger with a bun on it, though been eating the burger with my hands and the grease dripping down my arms for months now. Yeah. It ain't the same thing either. You know what? I know what to get you for uh, Christmas. A little silverware. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I can call the knife and a fork. Yeah. Fact, I think you'd enjoy the spork. <laughs> what were we eating the other day? Because Judy's hardcore about it, too, and uh, staying away from carbs and bread. I said, yeah, why don't we have a little uh, toast with these eggs today? I got the look. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Sorry. Never up. mind. So I'm I'm not a lecturer on this stuff, but <clears throat> Jack, it was you who brought uh, to the show years ago the story of Big Sugar yeah. and Big Cereal 
and the way they perverted government policy back in the day. You want to give us the the nickel version of that? Well, there were some uh, studies that they funded, and then the government then used those studies to show that uh, what's really bad for you is fat. And, like, bacon and eggs for breakfast is terrible. But the, the suicide. But the studies funded by the big cereal makers showing that what's best for your family is to get up and have a bowl of sugary cereal. Oh yeah. Frosted flakes. Lots and lots of carbs and sugar. Bacon and eggs is terrible for you. Right. That's sort of a old timey farmer breakfast when people used to die of a heart attack at age forty. No, put that away. And you know, the, I remember this as a kid. I remember as a kid having in my head that like bacon and eggs was kind of like getting out there on a limb of something dangerous. Right. Yeah, to do. I remember that. As yeah. opposed to eating a big bowl of sugary cereal made in a plant <laughs> and coming in a plastic sack. So start crazy. your day. Yeah, yeah. So the cereal and, lobby won the day. I'm surprised Big Swine didn't strike back. And there, there have been books done about this and, and and documentaries. But and the government went with those guidelines, that data that was paid for by cereal companies for decades. Mm-hmm. That was the backbone of the part of your complete breakfast. Yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Um. So uh, anyway, that's all a, a rather long lead up to this. Um, scientists are increasingly agreeing that for both children and adults, mental health disorders um, can be made worse with sugar intake. Um, This is University of Colorado's Anschutz Medical Campus. They say sugar intake may play a major role in disorders like attention, ADHD, bipolar disorder, among other things, and even aggressive behavior. The study suggests fructose, and uric acid increases the risk for developing various uh, behavioral uh, behavioral conditions. Fructose gives me the on shoots. <laughs> Researchers find that this component of sugar and high fro- fructose corn syrup tricks the body into thinking it's starving, oh. which thereby changes a person's mental state as well. Oh, Anybody wow. ever been hangry? Wow. And how do you fix being hangry? <clears throat> With a Snickers bar. According to the commercials, yeah. Uh, Says the lead author, we present evidence that fructose, by lowering energy in cells, triggers a foraging response similar to what occurs in starvation. Now, is it particularly something to do with the high fructose version of sugar as opposed to, like, just, you know, sugar that comes in a bag? G&H sugar? It just says fructose. Because Bill Maher, uh, he's he's been going on for years that he believes that high fructose corn syrup is the... Uh, obesity epidemic. It's all the anxiety. It's all the problems we have, and you know, it's, it's possible. Certainly on the graph, it all goes together. Our intake of it and the growing intake and all these problems. Right. Uh, whether or not it's the cause or not, I don't know. Right. Uh, but you know, back in the day, meaning for the entirety of human history, except the last sixty-five years, it was practically impossible to just take in sugar all the time. You'd have had to eat like a thousand apples, um, and nobody's going to do that. You have to lift up your loincloth, I tell you what. Anyway, uh, blah, blah, blah. So uh, the foraging response causes humans to act impulsively. This survival instinct also triggers more risk-taking, rapid decision-making, and aggressiveness. Genetically, this response has helped our ancestors secure food through history. Today, however, researchers say the explosion of sugary foods and drinks may be keeping this emergency reflex around without need. God, this could be this could be the cause of so much of what's going on in the country. Rash decisions, obesity, all, all kinds of emotional problems. Sure, anxiety, the rest of it. 
Um, Wow. The study published in the journal Evolution and Human Behavior, I've subscribed since the 80s, examines how refined sugars and corn, uh, high fructose corn syrup tie to behavioral issues linked to obesity and other things as well. We do not blame aggressive behavior on sugar, but rather note that it may be one contributor, the lead author says. The identification of fructose as a risk factor does not negate the importance of genetic, familial, physical, emotional, and environmental factors that shape mental health. On the other hand, we're all familiar with the feeling of we feel like we're about to go over the edge, anger-wise or or whatever. You can feel when you're like one step away, and and if sugar is that one push, then you're angry more. I don't know. It's worth thinking about. That's one thing uh, really should we should try in our house since we tried gluten. Yeah, it's going to be tough with kids. Oh yeah, heck yeah. Well, it's going to be genetic tough with the... reasons. They need. They want sweet. It's going to be tough with the adults. I take in way too much sugar, especially since I quit drinking. I take in almost none. I didn't either when Ex- I when I drank. I yeah. never took in sugar yeah. except for all the drinking I did, which had a lot of sugar in it. Yeah, but I never ate sweets when I drank ever. Just I thought I, I for some reason I thought I was just I'm just a guy who doesn't eat sweets. And then when I quit drinking, yeah, I take in a lot more. Ooh, a donut. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nasty. Eh, anyway, that's a good oh. one. There, there's a lot of money behind not wanting to make that a big deal, though. A lot of money. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All yeah. the soda companies. All the well. All the everywhere. Everybody that makes anything you eat or drink. I will never drink another soda pop as long as I live. Really, that is my vow, my solemn vow. My son, my, look at me, look how solemn I am. We're gonna give those to the kids, and uh, Sam has just kind of recently discovered the joys of a Coca Cola. Just really likes it. Like yeah. we have one on Friday when he gets out of school over, but he just loves it. I've sworn off soda, but I'm a sucker for a root beer. That's my weak spot. He's really come to like slushies. What he really likes is the original Seven Eleven Slurpee. Mm. But every 70 I go to is like, you know, you, you, you're risking your life. Yeah. If I could find a 7-Eleven that wasn't in a, even in a nice town I've been to 7-Elevens. I don't know if everybody just gets the word where the 7-Eleven is in that is town. Is that where the sketchy association meets? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. If you'd like to meet an aggressive junkie, it's, well, they probably have lawyers. Never mind. I'm not going to finish that sentence. Last 7-Eleven I went to because Sam really wanted a real Slurpee. Um, I went back there, and there were no cups. It said, ask manager for the cups. And so I went up there, and I said, I got to ask for a cup. He said, yeah, everybody steals the cups. So, okay, well, I'm in a great store here. We got to hide the cups. <laughs> People are stealing tenth of a cent cups? <laughs> Who knows Yikes. what they're doing with them? Yeah, yeah. Oh, speaking of sketchy individuals, uh, the New Yorker has fired Jeffrey Tubin just because he was, you know. Pleasuring himself on a Zoom call. I tell you what, you can get fired for anything these days. What? Masturbating in front of coworkers. <laughs> what specifically is he being fired fired for, though? I mean, what's the specific language? It's so icky. Totally icky. Well, did anybody complain? Did anybody feel like it's a unsafe atmosphere now? Or uh, no, uh, no. The Washington, the New Yorker, uh, confirmed that Tubin is no longer affiliated with the company. When they send you out the door, nobody says anything. Labor law and lawyers, etc. Do you think so they don't dare be, say anything? You think he should have been fired for yes. that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I just I think you're a joke. Now. He didn't do it on purpose. I, I would see. have fired him for being a lefty masquerading as a scholar all these years. But yeah, it just every time I'd hear his name, I'd think, oh, that's right. There's a wanky Mc uh, Wankerson. Yeah, I can see getting fired for that reason because he is a joke. But if you're a regular person at a regular job where that doesn't, would you get fired if it was an accident? Probably, huh? 
I, a very simple mm. policy for me. Were we at a work function and at any point were your genitals visible? <laughs> it's a, a, a bright line, as they say in the legal yeah. community. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think we were at a work function. Here, here's okay. what you, here's, you were wrong. No, You're here's fired. what you do. <laughs> you were wrong. You're fired. <laughs> you say, I have uh, a, a disorder of compulsive masturbation. I'm sick. It's a disease. You can't fire then because of Jenny and accounting. Iron. Oh, easy! You're uh, you're ironclad at that point. You're in tall clover, at least in your liberal states. People in Idaho are saying, "What? What? Oh, yes, yes, my friends." Tubin said, uh, and I quote: "I was fired today by the New Yorker after 27 years as a staff writer. I will go always, do something else. I will al- go do something else. <laughs> I will always love the magazine. Will miss my colleagues and will look forward to reading their work. Was Plus, he- this frees up time to look at porn." <laughs> Yeah, I bet you'll miss your colleagues. I added that last part. Was he typing this with his left hand? <laughs> he can't stop. He called the uh, the uh, embar- embarrassing mistake, quote, an embarrassing mistake. <laughs> In an email from Condi Nast, the New Yorker's parent company, chief people officer. What? Oh, that's so cute. That's a, we're going to call you chief people officer. Informed staff on Wednesday that the company was dedicated to, quote, fostering an environment where everyone feels respected and upholds our standards of conduct. Fostering an environment where I don't see my co-workers' genitals at work. Yeah, decoding that. Yeah, we were trying to make sure people's genitals remain covered at at this workplace. We'd like a little (laughs) less uh, public masturbation, in short. So (laughs) we understand this may not be a popular policy, but this is what we're going with. (laughs) Unfortunately, during these troubled times, we ask you to... Keep your nether regions clothed. Clothed. Oh, my God. What kind of problems he have where he couldn't, like, save it for nighttime or something? He may have an issue. Yeah, I think so. Well, clearly he has an issue. Jeez, I don't feel... Most Zoom meetings I'm on, the last thing on my mind is pleasure of any kind. Maybe it was one of those things where his camera... Well, he thought his camera was off. His mic was muted. He had to be there, but it had nothing to do with him. So you look, going so through you the do motions that? meeting. Well, he's at home. He's relaxing. I text <laughs> friends or something during meetings when I'm supposed to be paying attention, but I don't do that. Yeah, fire up words with friends. <laughs> like, come on, man. Don't bring it out. <laughs> Suddenly, uh, it's a firing offense. <laughs> I thought this was America. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I just said I love you. I love you, man. <laughs> That's a three-month-old they're claiming said I love you. Uh, judges, can we hear that again? I just said I love you. I love you, man. <laughs> Did that three-year-old just talk much earlier than most children talk or not, Ding. Joe? Yes, so if that's a three-month-old, they're yeah, clearly I, speaking. I yeah. saw the video. It looked pretty legit. Yeah. yeah, it sounded like it to me, but, you know, could have just been noises that happened to sound like that. Mm, play it again. How old are kids when they usually say their I first just word? I said I love you. I love you, Clearly. Depends. Older than that, 14 months, yeah, yeah. generally. Of course, that, that video is from this past weekend. The kid is now driving. Hmm. So the kid's just on a fast track. Impressive child. Yeah. Overachiever. Uh, this is doc- one of the best and worst things can ever happen to you, being, like, super intelligent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
Um, here's Dr. Fauci. We all know who he is talking about where we are with the pandemic. So I see my future as doing the same thing as we get our arms around this outbreak. We we essentially put it to rest. But as David said, putting it to rest doesn't mean eradicating it. I doubt we're going to eradicate this. I think we need to plan that this is something we may need to maintain control over chronically. It may be something that becomes endemic that we have to just be careful about. Certainly, hmm. it's not going to be pandemic for a lot longer because I believe the vaccines are going to turn that around. What does endemic mean? It's around. So it'd be like the flu then? Uh, or? Yeah, or, or the cold or, um, yeah, it's just, it's it's part of life. Would that mean wearing masks forever? Going into convenience stores and stuff? Well, not post-vaccine, I would think. Oh, that's right. If I got the vaccine, yeah. why am I wearing a mask? You got to get jabbed once a year and then feel terrible for two, three days. Every maybe. year for the rest of my life? Yes. I got to get two shots. Suck it up. There's <laughs> no time for mamby-pambies. <laughs> got to be more like a dog. Um. Oh, geez. Got a so bunch of cats on this team. We're out, out of time already. Got to catch you up on a, well, a variety of different stories that are happening. I don't even have time to tell you what they are. But they're important. Oh, by golly, they are. They are absolutely. Ah, dead people voting. They're that patriotic. And and people getting paid too much on unemployment. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Clorox wipes My groceries Disinfected My vegetables All taste Like bleach Let Chris Stapleton fill your hermetically Sealed panic chamber with festive COVID hits Like Oh CDC Oh CDC Your website is Depressing Plus, coughing around the Christmas tree. It's beginning to look a lot like pneumonia. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer lost his sense of taste and smell. Grandma got corona from a reindeer. Fauci the Snowman. And the instant classic... I can't smell, I can't smell, my sense has gone away. Wow, that's some dark humor there. (laughs) There's some funny... Rudolph lost his sense of smell. What the heck? Do not approve. Oh, jeez. No time for humor. They know what it is. It's, it's uh, what do they call it? Uh, what do they call it? Emergency room humor or something like oh, that. Shallows sure, yeah. humor. Yeah. Michigan lawmakers are concerned that they've made it too easy to stay home and collect unemployment. As a restaurant owner says his uh, he's got an ad pleading for job applicants and can't get anybody to come back to work when they got like 10% unemployment. Can't get anybody to work there because people are making too much money. That whole thing has got to be unknotted by the next administration, and that is not going to be easy. <laughs> Nobody's ever tried this experiment before. France has. It's going poorly. Uh, a couple other things I was going to hit you with. The Los Angeles Convention Center may be transformed into a homeless shelter. Completely unused now for like nine months. One of the biggest buildings uh, uh, around. And um, homeless people everywhere. So, the, so you're going to put them inside to make sure they get the COVID? So the math for some people seems to be we got this giant building we're paying to keep, you know, air conditioner heated or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and you got all these homeless people. Do the math. I, I think every you, bum gets a ballroom. <laughs> yeah. That's a maneuver, but that's not like a solution. That's 
Well, and who polices the dang thing? Who who t- who keeps it t- from turning into just um, a disaster? I don't know. Anyway, that's one idea. Um, also, uh, Byron York tweeted this out uh, yesterday. The Washington Post, I like him, or Washington Examiner, rather. Did you hear that John Meacham, the great historian, Pulitzer Prize winner, wrote Biden's acceptance speech from Saturday night that I did not watch, but... People seem to like. Well, the Biden campaign says uh, Senator Biden, uh, Vice President Biden, wrote the speech uh, with consultation uh, with others because it's such an important from a, event. From a Pulitzer Prize winning author. Yes. Um, uh, still amazing that John Meacham appeared on MSNBC Saturday night analyzing the magnificence of Joe Biden's speech without disclosing that he helped write it. <laughs> that is that is amazing. <laughs> and I've generally liked John Meacham. I've seen a gazillion interviews with him over the years. He wrote the uh, American Lion, um, Andrew Jackson book, and a bunch of books that I like. But you, you can't, you can't. I read to clear to the end of that book, by the way. He never turns into a lion. I was so disappointed. You can't say, and uh, that was some speech, huh? Let's go to John Meacham. What did you think? Oh, it's a powerful speech. I think the way he tried to bring the country together. You Those words will ring through history, Jim. You can't <laughs> analyze the speech and not say you played any role in it whatsoever. <laughs> Come on now. That's amazing. That's hilarious. That's crossing some sort of line that, that, that is even too much for cable news. Well, evidently those lines no longer exist. And Ellen and Portia de Rossi have uh, unloaded their mansion after a burglary. Oh. They bought it for a gazillion dollars. They sold it for $6 million more than the gazillion dollars. But it got broken into a while back, and they just didn't feel safe there anymore, so they decided to move. I understand. $33.3 million home. <laughs> well, you're not going to have a lot of buyers tramping through your house looking at it they, at that price it's range. described as an island spa in Montecito, California. Very nice. I want one of those. You got a $33 million home. You don't have some sort of practically foolproof security. Well, how about a guy you pay $100K a year purely for security reasons? Yeah. Uh, Although, you know, no place is impregnable, I guess. Oh, hey, speaking of cable news, getting back to that, uh, Sean, play me clip number 30, would you? I I wish this was video, um, but I will give you the visual after it. I'm beginning to see what happened in Germany back in the 1930s. I I never thought that could happen in this country. Uh, How do you elect a person president, then all of a sudden uh, give him the authority to be dictator? That's what we're teetering on here. So that's old James Clyburn uh, with a Trump is Hitler reset at this point. He's talking about the foot dragon in the transition. But the funny, the really funny part to me was, Old uh, Chris Cuomo, numbskull on CNN, uh, lecturer on COVID safety, regularly seen without his mask, partying in public, the rest of it. It's just incredible. But um, when old man Clyburn launches in, the, I remember, I, I now, now I know how they felt in the 1930s in Germany. Chrome, Cuomo visually, roll, I mean, visibly rolls his eyes. And cocks his head out, and then then you see the look on his face. Oh, oh, s! It's oh, a split really? shot. That's funny. Yeah, he rolls his eyes, and then when Clyburn gets to the end of his utterly ridiculous screed, he gives him the earnest mm, yes nod. So funny, Chris, you're in a split shot. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thanksgiving is two weeks from today. More guidelines continue to come out from governors and county officials across the country on how to live your. Thanksgiving. I like the one I heard the other day. Was this in California or New York's cracking down too? Colorado's cracking down. Um, 
you have to have at least three bathrooms if you have more than a certain number of guests or something like it. Number of bathrooms are what? And you're, I think it's in California. Your Thanksgiving is not supposed to last longer than two hours. You got to love the governor, the government putting a time limit on your Thanksgiving. Just fantastic. If anyone feels like their mashed potatoes might be contaminated, let me know. Yes. I'm offering a service. I will come pick them up for you. <laughs> I will drive over to your house and eat mashed potatoes yes. and gravy. Yes. Has any homo sapien in the history of the world, certainly the recent history of the world, said, I'm not sure how to keep ourselves safe at Thanksgiving. Let's ask the governor. Yeah. Uh, well. And over here on the left coast, Governor Gavin Newsom has issued similar new guidelines ahead of the Thanksgiving holiday. No more than three households can gather together at a time. Gatherings must be outside and last two hours or less. Attendees can use restrooms as long as they're frequently sanitized. And singing, chanting, and shouting are strongly discouraged. Carve the turkey! Carve the turkey! Now <laughs> Gavin himself will kick down your door. We're following the science! Ready or not, you're going home! <laughs> Must, must be outside. Yeah, wait a minute. I guess he wouldn't kick down the door because we're outside shivering, trying to trying to grip our utensils to eat. There's not that much chanting at any of my uh, holidays. <laughs> Almost not chanting. The turkey. <laughs> Serve the pie. Serve the pie. I feel sick. <laughs> I've just. This is the first <laughs> moment I haven't felt like vomiting. So it's time for pie. <laughs> yes. Oh boy. Uh, and this, oh, uh, so the reason I mentioned uh, Thanksgiving is two weeks from today, which means Black Friday is two weeks from tomorrow, 20% of people say there is no amount of savings that would convince them to participate in Black Friday. <laughs> I'm that crowd. <laughs> come on, 95% off, come on. Still not going. <laughs> I don't need it, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, here. Uh, there were several, several fake candidates for Florida elections. It's a, a rather an insidious plot. It's you mean a, like Mickey Mouse? You mean that, that sort of thing oh, that always no, happens? No, 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 no. That would be charming, not insidious. Uh, this was insidious. If there's one word for it, <laughs> that would be insidious. <laughs> we'll tell you about the plot next. Armstrong and Getty. Don't feel guilty about staring at your smartphone during live events you're watching, whatever it is. It turns out you enjoy them more, according to a new study. So stay tuned. That's crazy. Brought to you by Apple and Samsung. (laughs) Now, you don't want to go shop at a store that's dripping with the COVID uh, for your holiday shopping. You want to go to the Armstrong and Getty store at armstrongandgetty.com. We have great new masks, A&G masks with the Air Force logo. Very cool. I actually, I like mine very much. It's my go-to mask at work now. Well, we have a ver- variety of logos, including our old school logo, if you prefer that. The uh, ketchup and mustard but logo, we call it. They're high quality. The masks. The masks are yes, very high logos, quality. Yeah. You also have the Armstrong and Getty Air Force padded sports bra. Yes. Which I have not worn myself. I don't want padded. I want it to uh, squash them down, make them mm-hmm. flatter. But if you want to make them appear bigger, this would be perfect for you. The bro. Uh, and also, and Judy and I, we actually clicked on it, and we both laughed aloud 
the Armstrong and Getty boxer briefs. It's got the logo right over your unit. (laughs) And the back is hilarious, too, as it has a microphone on your hiney. Anyway, that's at armstrongandgetty.com. We we use the proceeds to help pay the fellas. So, anyway. uh, I should model one of those. That'd get a lot of clicks. Oh, God. (laughs) Wow. Don't. Am I willing to do that for a laugh? Where's the lie? Please. No, there's no lie. There's no lie. Don't. No lies detected. There's not going to be a laugh either. Michael, come come in here and pluck out my eyes, please. (laughs) You know, I I was going to do this story about these fake uh, state Senate candidates. Uh Uh-huh. But I, I, I just came across this science, uh, story from the world of science about female mongooses. You familiar with the mongoose? And you told us about Scandinavian minks yesterday. I did. I'm very big on your lesser mammals. Just, yeah. just crushing the varmint debt. <laughs> <laughs> the mongoose is a small cat-like creature found in parts of Africa. They're very territorial, and they hang with a group their whole lives. Did you ever read Ricky Ticky Tavi as a kid? I, I loved did. that book. One Indeed. of my favorite <laughs> books, and uh, I watched the animated thing yeah. untold hundreds of times i got to get kid. to that to my kids, because I love that book. Right? It's about the humble mongoose. Anyway, uh, so groups hang together, so they have a problem with, with uh, inbreeding. And so the females... Enter their fertile and mating period, known as estrus. Hey, sis, you're starting to look kind of cute. Oh, stop it. The mongoose says. Stop it. And all of them in the group, like within seven to ten days of each other. So you got a lot of guy mongooses calling in sick that week or that, that period. Anyway, um, the males stand guard, shadowing the female and fending off rivals. Okay? Mm-hmm. But the lady mongooses, they know instinctively that inbreeding is bad, plus it's gross. So, they these scientists have been studying the mongooses, and they figured out what the girl mongooses do is they deliberately start fights with rival groups. He t- that guy just touched my butt. He, seriously, honey, he just touched my butt. What? So they pick fights with other groups when, when the males are beating the hell out of each other. The girl mongooses sneak off and mate with somebody from another group. So they pick the fight in the mongoose bar and then run out to the parking lot, get it on with some guy who's at the other end of the bar, and then run back into the mongoose bar. I dated her once. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Can you believe that? Yeah, that's true. I knew her, too. Yeah. Son of a... Never date a mongoose. (laughs) Violent beasts. Anyway, duplicitous. Go ahead and stare at your smartphone during live events, according to a new NYU study. This is crazy. Researchers carried out nine different studies tracking social media use during an array of events, such as the Super Bowl, all kinds of different things. Uh, And the findings suggest that the common advice to put down your dang phone is misguided in terms of uh, enjoyment of it. Participants who created social media content during events consistently felt more immersed and engaged in their experiences and enjoyed positive experiences more. That's been my experience. The tweeting about the debate while it's going on and uh, or the game or whatever, and then looking at other people's comments, I enjoy it more. Yeah, it's like having a conversation less. about the event. Yeah. yeah, this is great. You know, people do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Of course, if you're staring at it while the guy's in the batter's box... And you get hit in the noggin by a foul ball. Well, one of the examples they were using was people 
like f- filming portions of concerts that they're at or whatever. And I, I think taking a moment to kind of document and, and, and create a, a snapshot in time of here I was at this moment during this song mm-hmm. is fine. But if you're watching the whole concert through your phone when they're on stage a hundred yards away, yeah, I, yeah. I think you're missing something. Well, yeah. you definitely are. And I, I think that the modern thinking is that like, you know, the videotaping the birth of your child or whatever, or your birthday parties or whatever, you're missing it by doing that. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah. You are detaching yourself from the moment, being yeah. becoming an outside yeah. observer. Of yeah, it. yeah. I would agree with that completely. I figured that out as a parent at one point and stopped. I thought, why am I videotaping this band concert? I'm not, not going to watch this. I'm going to. I'm going to engage. I want to experience it. So I just stopped doing that for a lot of stuff. Not everything, but a lot of stuff. Uh, hey, I got to pay this off. This happened in Florida. Three different races for. The state Senate in Florida had what they called uh, phantom candidates. Uh, <laughs> candidates who did no campaigning, no fundraising, have no platform, and made no effort to get any votes. Finally, I, a relatable politician. Yeah, was I running? <laughs> but here's how it worked. They apparently, they were designed to siphon votes from Democrat candidates. This appears to be some insidious Republican plot. Mm. For instance, in uh, two of them were in Miami-Dade County. In, in one, Ileana Garcia was the Republican. Jose Rodriguez was the, uh, the Democrat, the incumbent. And uh, this guy, Alex Rodriguez, with no party affiliation, ran. The vote between the Democratic and Republican is only 31 votes apart. And the third-party candidate got 6,300 votes, um, probably because he had the same last name as the incumbent. Ah, interesting. That is an... What a clever thing to do. Find somebody with a similar name to the person you want to lose. Just siphon off some votes, yeah. Might not even be a real person. You just fill out the paperwork of John Doe person. I think I think you do have to be a real person because they got real people. They recruited them. This Alex Rodriguez... Um, Former Yankee. Falsified his address. Married to J-Lo. Yeah, yeah. Obnoxious. <laughs> uh, he falsified his address on campaign filing form last June. The couple who now live at the address say they've been repeatedly harassed uh, by people looking for Rodriguez, who hasn't lived there in five years. Uh, they uh, This uh, news station visited his place of business Tuesday. Rodriguez said, no, I'm not Rodriguez. I'm uh, my business partner, Jones. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> um. Then they began investigating uh, as Canada say. Uh, da, 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 da. I'll do um, that. If there's ever a John Armstrong running for something you want him to lose, I'll run as Jack Armstrong and siphon off some votes. Heck yeah. I'd be happy to do that. Um, then the District 39 candidate is 81-year-old Celso Alfonso, a retiree who named the woman he calls his wife as campaign treasurer. She owns a day spa in the home where we found him Tuesday afternoon. He, too, lied about his identity at first, finally admitted to being the candidate. He claimed he'd been a life. It had been a lifelong dream to be in public service. He filed on his own. No one assisted me. Nobody paid me anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now get out of here. Skedaddle. Scram. <laughs> both qualified on the same date by paying a qualifying fee. Both listed Gmail addresses with identical patterns: first initial, last name, and district number in 2020. Um, Do we know what the, the fee is? How much? Both list one single contribution to their campaign. Both contributions are $2,000 self-loans, presumably to pay the filing fee. Yeah. Yeah. The the party would pay that for you. Yeah. 
Interesting. So how about that? That's naughty. Stop it. Stop it. Let's see. There's a PAC. Yeah, a PAC financed them. Uh, their sole expenditure uh, was, well, essentially giving these guys money. You I know, need to get a PAC to finance me. That sounds yes. sweet. On the election, I haven't heard anybody bring this up but us. If they have, I missed it. There has been a fair amount of conversation is how did the polling, how is the polling so wrong again, uh, you know, four years later, and all in the same direction, which is weird. And then the whole shy Trump voter, I still don't buy that's a thing at all because you got all kinds of other races that, that, that people also, they got way wrong. A whole bunch of them. They there are no-, no shy Susan Collins voters, no, for no, instance. No, nobody was a sh- too scared to tell a pollster in Maine they were thinking of voting for Susan Collins. She won by 12 points. But anyway, have you heard anybody bring this up? If those polls are that wrong, and they're spending a lot of money on those polls, some of these organizations, they really want to know, how well are the polls run, and how wrong are the polls about attitudes toward guns, or abortion, or taxes, or, or immigration, COVID. Or COVID or any of the other stuff that we use for policy discussions all the time. Yeah, I don't know. Is anybody going to look into whether or not those polls are completely wrong? That we've been completely misled about views on abortion, for instance? That, That seems like something we need to know. Armstrong and Getty.